Shalom to all. Today's office is Erevin Tzadi Test. We're starting Tzadi Chesam and Beis, 10 lines up from the bottom with the brand new Mishnah. Today's office is sponsored. Because Freda Leia Bas Esther Rachel, she should be healthy and strong and grow to be a true Bas Yisrael that brings Nachas to her parents and all of Kla Yisrael. And the Mishnah says, I'm another Rosh Hashanah. A person can stand in the Rosh Hashanah and move around objects in the Rosh Hashanah. He can stand in the Rosh Hashanah and move objects in the Rosh Hashanah. As long as he doesn't move any of these objects more than four Amas. A person should not stand in the Rosh Hashanah and urinate into the Rosh Hashanah or do the opposite. He also shouldn't spit from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah or vice versa. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, Even even once his saliva has gotten dislodged and it's in his mouth, he should not walk four amas until he spits it out because it's considered a masri, a burden, because he doesn't want it in his mouth, so it's considered like carrying. And the Gemara says, In front of Rav, a person is not allowed to stand in Rosh and move around objects in the Rosh Hashanah. Rav told Rav Chinnina, Are you leaving the Rabbanan and you're passing like Rav Meir? Now we're going to see Rav Meir's opinion in Mishnah later on, but it seems like he's passing like Rav Meir that it's Usr and not like the Rabbanan. So the Gemara inside Tesla Manalf on the top answers, Who Savar, he Rav Chinnina held me to save Rav Meir. Since the next Mishnah, the Seifa is Rav Meir, Rish and I'm Rav Meir, that means the Rasha, meaning our Mishnah is like Rav Meir also. Vallahi, but that's not true. Safe Rav Meir, the next Mishnah, the Seifa is Rav Meir, the Rasha Rabbanan, and the Rasha is actually the Rabbanan. And we can explain the Mishnah of Vashla Yetzi Chutz Amas, as long he doesn't move this object more than four amas. The Gemara says, But if he did move it more than four amas, then he would be for transferring Dalar Amas and Rosh Rabim. Let's say this is a proof to Rava, the Amar Rava. He says, If someone moves an object in Rosh Rabim from the beginning of four amas all the way to the end of four amas, and he moved it over something, over Malkam Pator, he would be Chayv. And over here, we're assuming that this person who's in the Rosh Yachid, he's lifting this object up over above Tent Fachim, and then he's putting it down more than four Amas later in the Shusarabim, so he's bringing it over a place that's a Makam Pator, and he's still Chayv. So it seems like we're passing like Rava. The Gemara says, Miktani im Haiti Chayv Chatos. Does it actually say in our Mishnah that if he moved it more than four Amas, he'd be Chayv Chatos? Perhaps if he moved it more than four Amas, it would be Asr, but he still would be Pater. Some say that this is really what the discussion should be. If he did move it more than four Amas, it would be Pater Aval Asr. Let's say this is a disproof to Rava. The Amrava, he says, if someone brings an object in the Shusrabim from the beginning of four to the end of four Amas, however, he carried it over an area that had he placed it down in the middle of that area, he would be Pater Chayev. So, in that case, he really would be Chayev. The Gemara says, Does it say that if he carried it more than four Amas, he'd be Pater, but it's Asr? Perhaps the inference we should make for a Mishnah is that if he did carry more than four Amas, he would be Chayev Chatas, just like Rava. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, and he should not urinate into the Shusrabim. If he urinated or spat out his saliva, he would be chayv chatos. The Gemara asks, We know that we have to have an akir from a place that's four tefachim, and we don't have that because over here his mouth or his bladder is not four tefachim. So we say, His intent, his desire to get this urine out of his bladder or to remove the saliva from his mouth, that makes it into a place that's four tefachim. Even though it's not four tefachim, it makes it a makim chashiv, so it's like it's four tefachim. If we don't say that, 
someone took an object and threw it and rested it in a dog's mouth, and then the dog ate it, let's say, or he threw it into a furnace, and then it got burnt up. He's still We need to have a place that's and we don't have that. The mouth of the dog isn't for Tfachim, and the Kivshan, it got burnt up when it got into the oven, so it never really rested. So we say, His thought that he wanted it to rest in the dog's mouth or in the oven, that makes this place into Makam Chashev as if it's for Tfachim. So too over here, His thought that he wanted to urinate, so he wants to remove the urine from his bladder, or he wants to spit, so he wants to take the saliva out of his mouth, that makes it into Makam Chashev, that's a Makam Dalit, and therefore he would be Chayev. By Rava, he asks, Let's say he's in the Shusayachid, but the tip of his member, of his aver, is out in the Shusarabim. Mahu, what's the halacha? Basra Kira Zlinan, do we go after that Kira? And that Kira was in Rushasayachid. Ay Basra Yitzhiazlinan, do we go after where it actually came out of his body? And since when the urine came out of his body, it was actually in the Shusarabim, he would be putter for that. The Gemara says, Teku, it remains a question. We're going to have to wait for El Yohanavi to answer it. I think Mark Adiz explained the Mishnah Mechilo Yarek and Rabbi Hudaimer. He said if a person has saliva in his mouth, he's not allowed to walk Daladamus in the Shusram with it. The Gemara asks, Afagadloi Hafechba, does that mean even if he didn't turn it over, meaning even if he didn't swish it around his mouth, is he still not allowed to walk around with it? And our assumption is that if a person has saliva in his mouth, that's fairly normal. Only once he swishes it around, so he shows that he has excess saliva in his mouth, that would be considered a Masui. But just the standard amount of saliva that hasn't been swirled around yet, perhaps that is not considered a Masui. We know that Rabbi Huda actually does. Does require you to swallow it around. Vatanan, we have a Mishnah. A person's eating a fake cake of truma with dirty hands, meaning they weren't washed in their tummy. And he takes his hand, which is tummy, and puts it inside of his mouth to take out a rock or some sort of debris that's in his mouth. Rameer says that that which he's eating right now is tummy because now he's touched it with his tummy hands and it's been mukhshar, has become ready to be makabotoma from the saliva in his mouth. Rabbi Yesi says it's tar because it was never mukhshar lakabotoma. Rabbi Yudaimer, he says, if he had swirled it around, so then it's Tameh, because then he shows that this saliva is something that's chashim, something that's relevant, and therefore it's considered like mashka, and this dvela, this fake cake, is makabal Tameh. But if he did not swirl it around, it's tar. So we see very clearly the Rebbe Yehuda does differentiate between swirling around the saliva or not swirling it around. Rabbi Yechanan, he answers, Mechafes Hashita, Rabbi Yehuda actually changed his mind. Now, usually the word Mechafes Hashita means we're switching around two different shitas, two shitas Amirayim or two shitas of Tanaim, whereas over here, Mechafes Hashita, Rashi clearly says is that he changed his mind. He says, He didn't change his mind. What are we talking about over here in our Mishnah? With his phlegm. And that, once it gets dislodged, automatically he wants to spit it out, and that's why he's not allowed to carry it more than four amas without spitting it out. And the Gemara asks, He says, If he has phlegm that got dislodged, my laugh, doesn't that mean right finitlash? That we're also talking about a scenario that saliva got dislodged? We say, We're only talking about when phlegm got dislodged, that has to be spat out, but not saliva. The Gemara continues to ask, but Tanya, we have a brass, Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, if we have phlegm that got dislodged, and also saliva that got dislodged, he should not walk for Amos until he spits it out. So we see very clearly that Rabbi Hud's opinion is even with saliva. We say, you're right, it's clear, like we originally learned, that he had changed his mind. And now once we're on the topic of phlegm, Amr Lakish, Kiach Bifnei Rabbi, if a person coughed up phlegm in front of his Rebbe, Chayv Misa, is Chayv Misa, Shnemer says, in the Pasuk, 
all those that hate me, referring to the Torah, love death. I'll take Rilim Asana, I don't read it as those that hate me, Ella Limasni I, those that cause others to hate me. And by this person coughing up phlegm in front of his Rebbe, he shows a lack of Kavanah Torah, and he causes other people to hate the Torah also. We ask, Mohamedus Anis, it's against his will that he had to cough it up. Rashi says, he was sick, he had some sort of issue, so that's why he had to cough it up. It's not his fault. So the more answers, Kiach Verukamrin, we're talking about that he coughed up the phlegm, and then he spat it out in front of his Rebbe, that's terrible, and he's deserving of death. And the mission continues, this is really the safe in the mission that we start out today with. A person is not to stand in the Rosh Yachid and drink in the Rosh Rabbim. He has a cup, he leans his head over into the Rosh Hashanah and he drinks. Rosh Hashanah, he shouldn't be standing in the Rosh Rabbim and drinking in the Rosh Hashanah. Unless he takes his head and the majority of his body and leans it into the Rosh that he's drinking in. Also with a wine press, and the Gemara is going to explain what this means. The Gemara asks, Reisha Rabbanon the Sefer Rameir. Is the Reisha Rabbanon the Sefer Rameir? The Rabbanon in the Reisha and the Mishnah, the first Mishnah we started out today with, they had said that you're allowed to be standing in Rishos Rabbim or Rishos Yachid and move around objects in the other Rishos, and we're not afraid you're going to bring them to yourself. Whereas over here, it seems like we're going like Rav Meir, that we are Chayshish, that you're going to end up bringing the water to yourself. So does that mean that the Reisha and the Sefer are two different Tanaim? Am Rav Yasef, he answers, no, this is really like everyone. When we're talking objects that he needs, everyone would agree that we're chayshesh. Meaning the Rish of the Mishnah is talking about that he's moving around objects that he's not going to bring back to himself because he doesn't really need them. So therefore, there's no chashash that he's going to bring them into the Rishos that he's in. However, when we're talking about water that he's drinking, obviously he needs that water. He's drinking it. So therefore, we have a chashash that he's going to end up bringing into the Rishos that he's in. And that's why everyone would agree that he actually has to place Rish of Rubai into the Rishos that he's drinking. Yibayil, who they ask, Carmelis, what about if he's standing in a Carmelis? Is he allowed to drink in Rishos Rabbim or Rishos Yachid without placing Rish of Rubai there? Amrabai um, says, he, he, it's the same exact case. Amrabai, um, Yes, Higufa Xera, it itself is Xera, meaning the Isra of trancing from a Shusarabim or a Shusayachid to a Karmalist or from a Karmalist to a Shusaram or Shusayachid, that itself is Xera because we're afraid you're going to end up transferring directly from a Shusaram to a Shusayachid or vice versa. Va'ana, Nekam, Nixer, Xero, Xero, and we're going to get up and make a Xera on that Xera, then when he's standing in the Karmalist and drinking in a Shusaram or Shusayachid, we should not allow him to do that because maybe he's going to bring it directly into the Karmalist. That itself is not really an Isra, that's just a Xera. Maybe he's going to end up doing it from a Shusaram to a Shusayachid and vice versa. So that's a little too far fetched. We don't make Xeras on Gezeras. Um, Rabbi, he says, How do I know that it's true that it still would be Asr to stand in a Karmelis and drink in Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah? Make it tiny because it says in the mission itself, Tzadi Tesla on the top, Vechem Degas, also in a wine press. Now, a wine press is considered like Karmelis. So we see that you're not allowed to stand in Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah and drink over a wine press, which is a Karmelis. So too, you're not allowed to stand in a Karmelis and drink in Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah. The Rav Amar, and he argues, and he says, No, the wording of Vechem Degas in our mission is talking about something completely different. Linyan Meister, it's talking about Meister. It's talking about Meiser. Then we have a Mishnah. Now this Mishnah is talking about Meiser, and we know that a person only has to take off Meiser once the thing that he's eating is considered keva, it's considered permanent. But if he's eating a derech arai, so he doesn't have to take off Meiser, a person's walking in the field, and he sees a fruit on the tree, he's allowed to pluck a fruit right off the tree, make a bracha and eat it, and he does not have to take off Meiser, that's not considered keva, that's not considered set and permanent. Only once he brings it in from the field, and let's say it's in his house, then it's considered permanent. So when it comes to a wine press, he's drinking wine directly over the wine press, that's not necessarily considered permanent, so then he doesn't have to take off Meister. And our Mishnah is discussing the different times when he would have to take off Meister or when not. Shaisen Algas says Mishnah, he's allowed to drink wine directly from the wine press, 
Whether he diluted this wine with hot water or with cold water, Upater, and he's potter from taking off Meiser, since he's drinking it over the wine press, it's not considered like Keva. Give Rabbeinu's opinion. He says you are Chai to take off Meiser in this case because since you diluted it with water, it doesn't make a difference if it was hot or cold water, that's considered like Keva, and therefore you would have to take off Meiser. They say, if you diluted it with hot water, then you'd be Chai to take off Meiser. That's considered Keva because whatever's left over is not going to be poured back into the wine press because that's going to ruin the rest of the wine that's there because it was diluted with hot water. So that's considered keva. If you diluted it with cold water, potter than your potter, because you're just going to take all the extra wine that you have and pour it back into the wine press, and that's why it's not considered keva, and you don't have to take off meister. And that's what our mission is talking about. When it says, it's talking about drinking over the wine press in a non-permanent fashion, but it has nothing to do with being in a caramelist, and that's the way Rava and Rav Sheshes understand our Mishnah. Now we continue with this Mishnah, we're going to be talking about rooftops. In the time of the Mishnah, the roofs were flat as they are currently in Eretz Yisrael. Water on the roof would collect and drain out either a gutter or a drain pipe. And the Mishnah says, A person is allowed to catch water that's coming out of the gutter if his cup is lower than 10 Tfachim. And we're going to see in the Gemara why it has to be lower than 10 Tfachim and why he's not allowed to place his cup directly next to the gutter. And water coming out of the drain pipe, he could take water whichever way he would like. And the Gemara is going to explain. And the Gemara says, He's only allowed to catch the water in the air, but he's not allowed to take his cup and place it right next to the roof. That's Mitzarif. My time, why not? We're talking about where the gutter is right next to the roof. It's within three tefachim of it. If it's within three tefachim of the roof, it's considered like the roof. And now that he takes his cup and he places it right next to it, it's like he's taking the water directly off the roof. He's in Rosh Hashanah The roof is Rosh Hashanah And that's Usr. And I and we have a brass like this. I'm another Rosh Hashanah A person could stand in Rosh Hashanah Let's say he's on his rooftop. He could raise his hand above ten Tfachim, above the ground. He could put his hand within three Tfachim of another roof, the Kailate, and he could catch water coming off of that. As long as he doesn't place his hand right next to the wall. If he did, it would be like he's taking it directly from that Rosh Hashanah and then he would be Ivan Esther of transferring from one Rosh Hashanah to another Rosh Hashanah without an Erev. So we see that anytime you're a Mitzar, if you place your hand or a cup right next to the roof or right next to the Roshos where you want to take something out of, it's considered like you're actually taking it out of that Roshos and it would be Asr. And Tanya Idach and another Brasa taught, Loyam and other Mushasayachid, a person shouldn't stand in Mushasayachid, let's say again on top of roof, raise his hand more than ten Tfachim, and place his hand within three Tfachim of another roof and catch directly from it, but he could catch water as it falls off, and then he could drink it. So again, we see clearly that he's not allowed to take his hand or a cup and place it directly next to a wall because then he's taking directly from that wall from that Mushasayachid. Now we explain the last part of the Mishnah, if he's taking it from a drain pipe, he's allowed to take it in any which way. He could put his mouth or a cup directly there. Tana, we have a brysa. If this pipe is four by four tvachim, then it's usher to do so. Then it's like he's taking from one rishus to another because the pipe is four tvachim wide. It's considered like a caramelist. And then he's taking from a caramelist to rishus rabim, that would be usher. Only when this pipe is less than four by four, he's allowed to take directly from it, either with his mouth or with a cup, and then there's no issue of transferring from rishus to rishus. And the mission continues. We have a bar in the Rishos Ram and it has water in it. And the rim of the pit is 10 Tfachim tall. A window that's directly on top of this pit. People from that window could fill water up directly from this pit on Shabbos. We have a garbage dump in the Rishos Ram. It's 10 Tfachim tall. People on a window that's directly above this garbage. 
they're allowed to pour water directly into this garbage on Shabbos. Reason for the hetter in both of these cases because from one Rosh Hashanah to another Rosh Hashanah. And now the Gemara asks, my skin, what are we talking about in the case of the bar with water in it? Even if you want to say Bismucha, that it's right next to his wall or right next to his window, Lamali Cholio Yod. Why do we need to say that there's a rim around the pit that was 10 Fachim tall? Even if the pit itself is 10 Fachim deep, it's right next to his wall and he's not transferring his bucket over the Rosh Hashanah in order to draw water. Amrav Huna, he answers, Hachamayskin, what are we talking about? It's four Fachim away from the wall. The time and the only reason why he's allowed to draw water from this pit is the Ikachul Yasar, is because there's a rim of ten Fachim. Halekachul Yasar, if this rim was not ten Fachim, Kamatatam Rosh Hashiachel Rosh Hashiachel Derech Rosh Hashirabim, he's going to be transferring from one Rosh Hashiachel to another, his window and the pit, by way of the Rosh Hashirabim, and that's Usar. And the only way he could accomplish this successfully without transferring over the Rosh Hashirabim is if the rim of the pit was ten Fachim, so then he's transferring directly from one Rosh Hashiachel to another. And Rabbi Yechonamar, he says, I feel Tame could very well be that this pit was right next to the wall of his house, and nonetheless, we Still need to have the rim being ten tefachim. Hakamashmon, the chiddush over here would be the bar v'chol that the pit and its rim b'sarfalasar can combine to be a total of ten tefachim. We were assuming that this pit was ten tefachim deep, whereas according to Rabbi Yechon, we're saying that it wasn't ten tefachim. Let's say the bar was only five tefachim and the choli was another five tefachim. Together, those could be considered ten tefachim, and that's why you'd be allowed to draw water from it because the whole thing is ten tefachim. And we can explain the Mishnah Ashmi Shusharam if there's a garbage dump in the Shusharam, but it's ten tefachim high, so it's considered Shusharam. Someone whose window is directly over this garbage could pour water directly from his window onto this garbage. The Gemara asks, We shouldn't be afraid that the garbage is going to be cleared away. He says, There's a story with the Mavoy. One end of the Mavoy ended off just in the sea. And the other end of the Mavoy was a garbage dump. And this situation came in front of Rebbe. They asked him what the halacha is. He didn't say anything, not an Isser or a Heter, in regards to carrying in this Mavoy. He didn't say that it's motor to carry in this Mavoy without adjusting it with a Lechir Kaira, the Hashin Shem Tinatal Ashba. He was afraid that perhaps that garbage dump would be cleared away and people would still carry here, but now it's completely open to their Shusarabim. Or Vial Hayam Sirtain, this sea would end up building up sediment, and now this seawall is going to end up being flush with the sea, and again, that's going to be Usr. We're not going to have a wall over here. And Israel Rabbi, he didn't tell him it's Usr to carry here, the Hakayon Mechitzas, because at the end of the day, we have Mechitzas, the garbage dump is considered a Mechitza. We see over here that it's not so Pashit, it's not so clear that just because we have a garbage dump that currently is considered that you'd be allowed to dump water in it from your Shusayachid onto this garbage dump. It's very possible that it might get cleared away. The Gemara answer is like, Hash, it's not a problem. Hadayachid, Hadayrabim. One is talking about a private garbage dump. That's the Brisa. Then we're afraid that it might get cleared away, and then we would have to be afraid that people are still going to carry in the Mavo even though it doesn't have Mechitzas. But our mission is talking about it's a public garbage dump. We don't have to be afraid that that's going to be cleared away, and that's why the person whose window opens directly over this garbage is allowed to pour his water out into it on Shabbos. We're going to pause here for the day, pick up with a fresh mission tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful day.